Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 215 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam Brennan, and I am joined by the best co-host in all the land, <laughs> Mr. Dave Hogue. What's up? Hey. Uh, what's up? I don't know. Life is good. So, And it's we discussed prior to hit and record on the old microphone that why are we so like surprised when life is good? So trying to make an effort to be grateful that life is good instead of whining about it and expecting it to not be good. So yes. All right. Well, we're, we're in John. We are in John. Yeah. And it feels so good. <laughs> uh, last episode, we did John 1, verses 1 through 5. And I thought we had a great discussion on it. We did. We were both very yes. excited. <laughs> we were very excited, yeah. I, and I, it, it's good to be in the book of John, so yeah. Indeed. And so today, we're going to pick up where we left off. Um, verse 6. And I think we're going all the way through 13. Do you want to do the honors? Yeah. So John 1, verses 6 through 13. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so up first was a man named John. Same same John as the guy that wrote the book? Bible trivia. Are you asking? Yeah, incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Different John. No. So we, we have John the Baptist being yep. written about by John the disciple of Jesus. Yes. And probably yeah, so in that inner three with Jesus and I think he would argue that he was the favorite. <laughs> well, yes, we'll have to talk about that when we come to the, the beloved disciple. Yeah. So, yeah, so this is a somebody that had like a, well, the Gospels are all written by firsthand accounts. Mm-hmm. Um. But as we mentioned in... Which is helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but when we... But we mentioned in in the first... Um, previ- the, well, in the previous episode of Masterclass, first episode referenced John, is just John is different than the other. There's four Gospels, and he's different than the other ones. Yep. And so... He covers some of the same stuff and a lot of unique stuff. Yes. Which is good. Um, we'll get more into John the Baptist uh, in later episodes as we work our way through chapter one. Um, but it's interesting that 
John the Baptist is brought up here because we, you know, we just finished talking about the word and the word was God and the word is with God and he was in the beginning and all things were made through him. And so we get this introduction to this guy and then it says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness. Got to love English sometimes about the light. And if you go back, what, two, two whole verses Four, three verses to verse four. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has overcome it. So we see the light there, and then John's like, oh, he came to bear witness about the light. <laughs> so we're seeing a connection to this person that was the word that is the light. And the whole purpose of John bearing witness, it says, is that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. So we've got this introduction of this, This again, I'll just say character for lack of a better term, because, I mean, we could just say Jesus, but we haven't gotten there yet in, no. in this story. No, So we're introduced to this character, um, and we, we talked all about it last episode, about, you know, why why it's important that you know the the idea of the word and logos and the Greeks and, and all that sort of stuff. We gave we gave a, essentially an introductory idea into that. You can go read books or listen to you know people with PhDs get into that on other shows more deeply. But then we're immediately introduced to someone who came to bear witness about this light, this word, this this person, and um. I find that a little interesting that we just get this little aside. Oh, there was John. He came to bear witness about the light. He wasn't the light, but he, he's here to, to tell people about it. And then mm-hmm. we're right back to who we were talking about in the first five verses. Um, and just, I I don't know why John decided to introduce John the Baptist there for like a verse or two, because there's a whole section after this that's the testimony of John the Baptist. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just curious if you have any thoughts on, you know, on verses six through eight and why why that was included or what what stands out to you in those verses um, as important to to discuss. Because um, like I have a few ideas, but I've been running my mouth for a while and would like uh, <laughs> to take some water in. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so you said, like you mentioned, that we're going to get a little bit more into um, who John the Baptist is. But, again, um, it doesn't go quite into... Uh, the other three Gospels do a much more in-depth into explaining who John the Baptist was and the fact that he was actually related to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when they were both in the womb, there was an interaction between their mothers and uh, that sort of thing. And so um, that aspect would have been very important to the Jewish audience that he was writing to. The whole, the lineage... Mm-hmm. And and in those sort of things, and really, he kind of just because he's he's writing to a non-Jewish audience, he kind of skips over um, all of those things. Um, and honestly, so the the the, the thing that kind of just that that stands out to me. 
Well, well, it doesn't. So I find it interesting that. So you've got the light of the world. You've got the savior of the world coming and God still finds it necessary to appoint somebody to announce his coming. Like yeah. he needs, he, <laughs> well, he and, needs an introduction. Yeah. And, and he's so, not even, he's not even doing the introduction in the city. He's doing it out in the wilderness and a mm-hmm. river outside of town. <laughs> yeah. But again, I don't even, like, and this is God doing things in ways that man wouldn't do it to prove a point. Right. Jesus was sure. born in Nazareth, like in a manger or sorry, in Beth, no, Bethlehem. Golly, grew up in any Nazareth, whatever. Sorry, it's late. I'm tired. I've established that already. <laughs> and like the fact that women were the first to discover the body was missing, and Jesus constantly doing things in ways that the Pharisees didn't f- expect or think things should be done. So God is constantly going against the way we expect him to do things because we expect him to think like a human because we're human. And, you know, it says in the Bible that his ways are not our ways and we can, you know, all that stuff. Um, And so, yeah, why not have a guy eating locusts and wearing fur out in the wilderness, like a crazy, you know, man announcing the coming of the Lord and baptizing people in a river. Why not? Cause that's how I would write it up. (laughs) Well, and, and in these verses, he talks about he came to bear witness about the light. And Jesus himself, later on in John, will actually go, well, I bear witness to myself, and that's all that's needed because I am who I am, and I and the Father are one, and that sort of thing. And we'll hit that eventually. So I find that even a little bit interesting that there's kind of a there's a bit of a contradiction that he came to bear witness but then later on, Jesus will go, yeah, you don't need somebody to bear witness for me. I bear witness for myself. And really, I it, there's just this element um, to me in um, the book of John that there is, um, there's an order to things and there's an element of... Um, you know, Jesus just didn't arrive on the scene, as you talked about already. He's born as a baby. He has to grow up. He lives with a family. Um, and then it, it's, you know, he talks about it not being his time yet. Um, but John the Baptist knew uh, that Jesus was coming and begins to proclaim, you know, the Messiah and the light and that God uh, incarnate is coming and um, also made it very clear that he himself was not the Messiah. Like I am not, <laughs> I'm not the one uh, that you all are waiting for. Um, so anyway, yeah, John the Baptist has this role of proclaiming uh, Jesus coming into the world and on some level, I guess for me, it just seems completely unnecessary, but <laughs> it's got to fulfill the prophecy, man. God fulfilled the prophecy through him. So, or some prophecy through him. So, mm-hmm. all right. Verse nine carries on the true light, which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. 
he was in the world and the world was made through him. So hearkening back to earlier in the chapter where it says that uh, all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. So he was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Like, I would think for anybody else, this would be a total shot to the ego. Like, I'm here. And just crickets. <laughs> like, we don't know who you are. Um, And just like being totally ignored. Uh, but I don't think, based on what I know of Jesus from Scripture, that he would, what's the right word here? I don't think he was surprised. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. That he showed up and people were just uh, oblivious. Yeah, and, and there certainly as you read through Scripture and you hear the story of the Gospels, there is this sense of the Jewish people anticipating the Messiah, looking for the Messiah. And, you know, there's just this, like, if you're looking for it and you're anticipating it, why do you miss it? And... John's gospel doesn't completely get into it, but it's not what they expected. They expected a king. They expected a ruler to overthrow the world, to put the Jews in their rightful place and, and those sorts of things. And, and Jesus just, just doesn't do that. And so, um, I think, you know, we all have a tendency to, um, view the world through our, I mean, it's, it's how we're made. So it's what we do. We view the world through our, uh, human expectations, our perspective on things. And it's, I think, difficult for us to kind of get out and expand on that and understand that God is much bigger than that and doesn't do things the way we expect him to. (coughs) Absolutely. Yeah, it's, I mean, you asked that question, like, you were looking, you were looking, you were looking, how did you miss it? And we're really good at beating up people in the Bible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, and thinking that we're we're better, we're smarter, right? Because there's this whole, like, recency bias thing, right? And that, like, modern people are more intelligent than people were intelligent than people in ancient times were because we have computers in our pockets and we put people on the moon and it's like... Yeah, okay, great, but we did that because of all the work that was done by smart people before us, you know? And right, yeah. Like, intelligence isn't a recent thing. People have always been intelligent. Yeah. Right? There's always been dumb people, there's always been really smart people, and there's always been the big chunk in between, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's just the way it is, and uh, I think it's really easy for us to to look at the Pharisees or the Sadducees or, you know, uh, any anybody else back then that, that saw Jesus and was like, nah, not it, and think that they were stupid or ignorant. Like, if, if you were looking for something that fits 
in a round hole perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. And then a, the, the square peg square shows peg. up. <laughs> you don't even consider it because it's yeah. not the right shape. And that doesn't mean that they were stupid. It just means that they were misled. Yeah. Or misinformed. And that happens all the time. Yeah. I'm wrong on a regular basis because I'm missing information or I'm jumping to conclusions based on certain assumptions that are correct sometimes and incorrect other times. And I just, it's really easy and, you know, with hindsight to be like, gosh, if I was there, I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I probably would have. Because I'm a firstborn. I'm a good rule follower. <laughs> been... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, so it's just, it's, it is interesting, though. And, and this is something that you've said on the show multiple times over the years of, like, asking God, God, show me what I have wrong that I think that I have right. And mm-hmm. just the the humility that is required of us to follow Jesus and to be open to the fact that there's a lot that one, we don't know two that we think we know that we're wrong about. And like there, you you have to have that sort of humility to receive from God to to let the Holy Spirit convict you and grow you and mature you. Like all of those things have to come from a place of humility. And Jesus exemplifies that for us time and time and time and time again. I mean, to the point that when Jesus, the one time Jesus tells us what he is, he says that he is gentle and lowly. And those are the words that are used to translate meek and humble and other places. Uh, in scripture when he when he self describes himself he says i am tall and lowly he is humble he, he, like um and that's the sort of character that that we are called to because you you can't you can't follow jesus you can't be a child of god without being humbled because you accomplish nothing on your own. It is all done for you and given to you. You cannot Mm -hmm. achieve it. Right. Um, And I just think it's such a fundamental aspect of our faith that, that we just need to, to constantly be monitoring is our humility. Yeah. Because it's especially like it's just so easy. Um, like I, 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 I genuinely think humility is harder for intelligent people and for rich people, <laughs> right? Because mm-hmm. you can do a lot on your own if you have money, or if you also have intelligence, right? Um, Yeah. Anyways, I'm I'm going down a whole rabbit trail here that that I don't think is maybe <laughs> germane to this conversation, but I just that's really on my mind is just this idea that we we might have missed it. We we might not have. It, it, what what matters is 
that we don't miss it now. We don't miss who Jesus is now. We we see him for who he is, and we have the humility to accept who he is and what he's done for us and, and the gifts that, that he is eager to give us. And mm-hmm. I think that's what we should take away from seeing here where it says the world did not know him, not, not getting self-righteous be like, well, I didn't No, we, we just a reminder for us to, to stay humble, I guess that was a long way to try and tie that in. I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah, so he, you know, um, and again, I don't think this is, um, being critical, but it talks about that he is coming to his own, his own people, and they did not receive him. Mm-hmm. And again, it's the Jewish, the Hebrew people, um, the expecting the Messiah. And I think it, it feels prophecy, you know, it, um, is part of God's bigger plan. Uh, and again, I think, you know, in all this, um, it was how God chose for him to be revealed. Um, cause certainly God could open their eyes and, and reveal him. And I even think that's like, like that is more, like more frequent than not is to not recognize who he is um, in, you know, just I'm, I'm thinking about the resurrection and how <laughs> at the tomb they think he's the gardener. Uh, they're walking down, you know, yeah, the road with him. They don't know he's there. Uh, he's on the beach cooking fish. Um, and I do, I think there, there's, there's an element of, you know, revelation involved there of, of God having to open our, open our eyes and reveal himself because it's just so, um, in the fallen sinful world that we live in, that is not our, our natural state of things. And again, I think it just it illustrates our dependence on him and the fact that we just really cannot do that. We cannot even when God is in our midst, we still miss it. We don't see it. And um I think for me that continues to this day, you know. Um I probably am frequently missing opportunities where he is he is moving, he is present. And I am, I'm viewing the world through my own eyes, through my own perspective. Um, another theme that is just, I mean, it's always been there, but it's resonating with me again here lately is just the frequency with which scripture talks about, and God was glorified or, and the people glorified God. And, Mm. um, That is that is like significant, um, God being glorified because of who He is and how worthy He is. And um, anyway, um, His revelation, His glory, 
again, just pointing back to who he is and how awesome he is and not getting so consumed and, and, um, burdened and weighed down by, um, earthly things and an earthly perspective. Um, and again, I think even just the, the nature of the wording here of, um, him being the light, um, you know, light, when you turn it on, it brings revelation, it reveals what is in the place you're at that you cannot see in the dark and light reveals it. It's a revelation, uh, turning on a light is that, and that is who Jesus is. So, um, yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. It is, it is very humbling that just, and I think we've joked about this before. Like if I was God, this is not how I would, how I would do it. It, it would be smoke and mirrors and light shows and rock bands and, you know, it would be and a big production. all the muscles. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now I'm picturing Terry Crews in a Jesus outfit doing the peck dance. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know where my head's at today. Um, yes. All good things. Uh, and then carrying on, it says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. I mean, that's a bit of a upgrade, I would say. It, yeah. So that, that, that is like the, what an incredible gift that is. What an incredible thing to become um, children of God. And then like at the same time, I just have this thought of like people being given a choice between two things. You can have X or you can become a child of God mm-hmm. and whatever X would be money, power, you know, all the different things that are available to us um, or potentially available to us and how how often would we miss the idea of that being the children of God is such a great gift. And instead we'd be like, okay, I'm going to, yeah, that's silly. I don't want to be a child of God. I'm going to choose this. I'm going to choose power. I'm going to choose, you know, whatever it may be. And, and for that matter, I'm, I'm kind of creating these grandiose options. I think so often it's not even a grandiose option and we still choose, um, against it or, or tempted to choose against it or, whatever mm-hmm. but yeah what an incredible thing to be a child of god i guess i i, I totally agree and i'm a little <clears throat> i just like how plain and clear this is he came into the world that he made and the world didn't know him but or his own people right did not receive him but to those who did he gave the right to become children of God. Like it's such a, I'm, I'm usually not a binary person. Like there's only, you know, two options. Like I just don't think life works that way, but here it's that cut and dry. They either did not receive him or they did. And the ones who did became children of God. He was the, the light, the life right of, of them. And I guess we'll find out later what happens to 
you know, the first group. But I just, I like what he's coming out the front door and just stating something so fundamental to what God accomplished through Jesus in such clear and stark terms. Two sides of the coin. You either they either received him or they didn't. You know, mm-hmm. and and as someone who is generally, like I said, I don't see life as always being binary. I think there are lots of shades when it comes to a lot of stuff in life. When I do find something that is truly binary like this, I can appreciate it more. I think because it is just it is a fundamental decision that truly changes your eternity, right? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, and I think a decision that's that uh, impactful probably should be binary. (laughs) Right. You know, anyways, I just, it it just struck me how like, how like concise and clear the opposite of how I'm speaking right now. Uh, this, uh, this little section is, and again, to clear, just even to clarify it further, they weren't um, born of blood or the will of the flesh or their own will, but it was God who who made them his children. It's, and to your point, all the glory to him for even considering it and then going through with it. Because, you know, it's it says elsewhere in Scripture that, you know, while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Like, while we were his enemies, he died for us mm-hmm. um, and made a way. And that, I just, I don't know how people can ignore that. But... <laughs> And that's that's not a that's not a slam on people who don't or I'm I'm better or because like I didn't earn it, but it just it is just something that I've been thinking about lately is is life without God, and how like how like how do you how do people do it? Um, so, anyways, yeah, I I I would agree with that as well. And I, I don't completely want to go, but it's just, um, you know, suicide is something that, um, suicide is something that I've experienced much of in my life. Um, not anybody particularly close to me, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I have seen the consequences of suicide quite a bit. And one of the thing that always just stands out to me is just this. For me to do that, for me to die by suicide, I would have to absolutely be so sure that there is no God. And again, it this is not about can you or can't you get to heaven if you commit suicide. I'm not, I'm not drawing that line. It, it, but it's just that it always uh, 
comes like I just am always struck by the sheer hopelessness that you must be at to take your life to die by suicide and um I guess I'm 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 kind of jumping off of what you said imagining life without God mm-hmm. and that is kind of like that second piece to me is how hopeless you would have to be to get to that point. But then at the same time, if there is no God and we all end up in that place anyway, then what does it really matter? Like if, if it's, this is all we get and we're done. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether you get five days or you get a hundred years. It's the same in the end, right? So I don't know if I'm making my point or not, but um, kind of, I guess my echo is, um, or my thought is, is how magnificent it is to be considered a child of God is this stark contrast to how hopeless life is if there is no God. Yeah, <clears throat> that's uh a lot to consider. <laughs> I didn't mean to go there, but that's just no, no. I, it, I'm not. Li- life without God is such a like a harsh reality. Yep. Well, and then I mean the other thing that will be harsh in a, in a certain sense. <laughs> well, that's yeah. It, is exactly. If God yeah, does yeah, exist. I haven't even, Yes, exactly. There is a harsh reality coming for those that that are not children of God, and that's I don't know. I I often well, I actually say lately I've been considering like if that if that is true and that is what I believe, why am I not telling more people? <laughs> you know, and then I make all the right. excuses, right. you know. Right. Uh but it's just like, it's, yeah, I just, I feel like in, I just have a lot of room for growth. Let's just put it that way. In, in how my faith and belief translates to my, my everyday. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that without getting preachy about stuff because we're 40 minutes into the episode dave and yep and we're 13 verses through we're 13 verses through the chapter mm-hmm. and we still haven't jesus haven't had jesus identified yet <laughs> spoiler alerts <laughs> Well, we're gonna get we're gonna get close to to Jesus yep. next episode. So. Something to look forward to. Um, I, I think that's it. Yeah, I think so. All right, very good. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for uh, joining us for this two hundred and fifteenth edition of the masterclass. Uh, 
I hope it was uh hope it was beneficial. Hope there was something in there that um was edifying and uh appreciate you guys and girls uh taking the time. Still super cool. Um that you do that and we appreciate it and uh show notes are supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash two one five uh notes, links, things all there. Or in your podcast uh, app of choice. Um, Yeah. So that's the business. And uh, we'll be back next time.